think where I sit in, in history, maybe, even if it's part of my age, that, that the rug comes out from underneath when you least expect it. And, and so I just feel like we've been through multiple crises here that even when 2020 happened and, and things started shifting, I'm like, well, I've lived this story. We've lived this chapter. Hang on. Put together the spreadsheet. Be ready to shift. Where's it going to go? Because I'm always kind of braced for that. What's going to take place, especially with the volatile real estate and mortgage industry. You just never know what's going to take place. So it created a survival instinct in me to always be ready to shift, always to know what, what am I going to do if I need to shift? What other skills and talents do I have that I can monetize? How else can I be of, of service? to others. So when a shift happens, you're ready to shift with it. Hello, and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Shulseth. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Agent Podcast. I'm here with my buddy and pal, Amy Scruggs from San Diego, California. Amy, welcome to the show. So great to be here with you today, Raymond. Been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. So, Amy, you have an insane, diverse amount of places, let's call it, in the real estate business. You know, you've been a mortgage pro for a long time. You're the host of the American Dream Show. You're the co-host of the Rich Life Show. You're an author, singer, songwriter. Like, what is happening? It's funny. It's an organic development of a lot of years of being able to shift and maneuver and finding my way and using my skills to say, okay, where can I be used the best in this industry? And it always kept sucking me back in. Even the times that I left the mortgage and real estate industry, sure enough, it pulls me right back in. 20 years of relationships and understanding and friendships and everything that goes along with it in this industry that just keeps growing and evolving. And it makes me appreciate so much what the professionals on both sides of that, even all of the affiliate partnerships, what they go through, what it takes to get somebody into a home or to sell a home is so detailed. And I found my specialty and helping them communicate that and love where I sit today of being a voice for our real estate professionals. So how did it start? Because you started 20 years ago in the mortgage industry, right? Yes, I was only 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me that story. How does a 10-year-old get licensed? Let's let's start there. No, no, no. I actually started in mortgage in 2000 on the wholesale end. So I joined okay. a wholesale company in Southern California and the industry was starting to boom 2000, 2001 and was able to go out and kind of pile the pavement as a wholesale account executive in a very competitive time. And this was when subprime started to boom. So you had to go out and be smarter and better and faster and I learned real quick that it was having communication skills, knowing your guidelines and how to cut through. There were a lot of pretty women that were out there doing their job and bringing in, in deals, but I knew that I really needed to know the business. I needed to understand it. I needed to be respected. And I was only going to do that through effective communication and through really truly knowing the guidelines and understanding the mortgage and real estate industry. So I really went in. I had an excellent mentor and trainer who brought me in and she was just exceptional. And so she really taught me the right way the first time. And six months into the industry, I was number one with City Financial Mortgage um, nationwide. So I just, she really taught me right. And I took those skills of how to do that and then understanding and then have been able to use that throughout my career. Many wholesale lenders later, different positions, working up to sales manager. And then of course we know what happened in 2007 and eight and wholesale mortgage was the first thing to go away when we hit that recession, when we hit that burst. So at that point, that that was a career change for you, right? Like that yeah. was a shift. So where did you shift to? How did you reposition yourself or reinvent yourself? 
Well, this is where the little girl who always dreamed of being a rock star and had been practicing <laughs> since she was young. And I had been performing my entire life. And I was always in different groups and bands and performing in concerts at the park and in city events. And I had gone to Nashville and started recording my first album in 2004 and got to work with some incredible industry professionals over there while I was still in wholesale. I was flying back and forth to Nashville. And I remembered my manager there sharing and ingraining in me that, Amy, they call it music business for a reason. And the artists that run it as a business are the ones that have a chance. And so when the industry shifted and my wholesale career went away, I went, well, I'm just going to step over to the music business and I'm going to take the sales and the skills and the fight that I have inside me. And I'm going to go out and ask for the business as an artist and put my marketing package together. And six months later, I was on a national stage opening for Clint Black on the 4th of July in Arizona. And I knew that that was going to be the launch pad for what I would be able to do now again, using those same skills and putting it into my music career and spent the next year's touring with some of the biggest names in country music. Now you had a family member as part of your crew, right? Yes, I'm so proud. He started my my oldest son. I've got four kids, uh, two stepkids now, but four, four kids all grown. But my oldest started playing for me when he was 17, 18 years old and went out and toured and ended up and still is my lead guitar player, wrote a lot of our music and has stood beside me on some incredible stages and also a lot of moments with our military and veteran community. And it was really something to share that stage with him. But he always made me promise that I would not say he was my son until the end of the show because he wanted people to respect his talent, respect him as a musician before they knew who he was. So I wouldn't introduce the band till the very end when I would say his last name and then tell people he was my son. And it was always an interesting reaction from the crowd. I mean, you would see that introduction take place. Smart kid. I guess branding's in the DNA, huh? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, a re- that's a really special thing, though, you know, to be able to do that successfully with your son. Like, that's amazing. It was, and it was hard work. People who think it's glamorous. I was my own manager, my own agent. I was out there hustling, still had the other three kids. We were doing it. We were out on the road. We were doing radio in the morning. We had shows and we did all family events. I am not a bar singer. I refuse. I hate it. I mean, very (laughs) few. That was not what I was about. We were at the fairs and the family festivals and the larger, um, you know, the stagecoach type festivals where you have all the artists come in and we would get to be an opener for the majors. And so it was family friendly events that the kids were able to be a part of but didn't make it any more difficult and trying to handle the logistics of a team, of a band, of all of the requirements, of all the contracts I was under and making sure I'm staying healthy and well and bringing everybody with. There was a lot of, lot of lessons learned there that I think still today running my business as a coach and, and as a communications expert, I think a lot of that pairs into it. I, I cut my teeth out there on the road for sure. So where do you get your hustle and grind? Is that built in survival skills <laughs> survival skills has been just survival skills you know every because i think where i sit in in history maybe even it's part of my age that that the rug comes out from underneath and you least expect it yeah. And, and so I just feel like we've been through multiple crises here that even when 2020 happened and, and things started shifting, I'm like, oh, I've lived this story. We've lived this chapter. Hang on, put together the spreadsheet, be ready to shift. Where's it going to go? Because I'm always kind of braced for that. What's going to take place, especially with the volatile real estate and mortgage industry. You just never know what's going to take place. So it created a survival instinct in me to always be ready to shift, always to know what, what am I going to do if I need to shift? What other skills and talents do I have that I can monetize? How else can I be of, of service? to others? How can I keep my work and my database to date so that I'm always connecting with great people? So when a shift happens, you're ready to shift with it. 
So I know for me, one of the places that I failed in the past is when I quote unquote made it, I never got out of survival mode. Mm. You know, I stayed in survival mode and I hurt myself because I was still making the same choices that I made before versus, okay, I'm actually at a different place that I've never been before. And I need to think differently and ask different questions and ask for help. How do you know when to survive versus thrive? That is the million dollar question. I think I still battle that every day. No question. I mean, a lot of great things going on. There is stability in, in what I'm doing. I have wonderful clients. We've got the book coming out. I've just, I've got great stuff and I'm in, in a, another building phase, but it is that instinct in there of survival is hard to overcome daily to know. It's okay today that today's a, a creative day. Today's the day that I put into the creative and working on the business and which days do I work in the business? And when do I put it down and realize, okay, it's all right. That is a hard balance. And I think it's just the meditation, quieting my mind. Uh, I keep a lot of lists. Sometimes I'll reevaluate at the end of the week and go, wow, well, what was accomplished this week? What great things came out of it? Okay. I'm okay. This is not survival. This is actually really working in the business. This is actually really feeling some of the fruits of what's taking place. And then being in a grateful and thankful state of mind for whatever is ahead and eliminating the fear that's involved with that. I love that. I think it's uh, to summarize, maybe the ability to begin again, just like you do in meditation, right? Like you get off the beaten path and sometimes you just have to stop and start again. It's part of it. Yes. Yes. One of my co- coaches that I love it and mentor under, but that teaches the word of just saying cancel. The minute I get that panic feeling, oh, cancel. No, oh, I love that. That's amazing. I'm just That's stopping a great it right when it starts. I'm borrow that. It, it really works. You just, you start to go and you go cancel. Boom. Get that out of there and then start refocusing instantly. You need to get a cancel button. Yeah. yeah, We can create our own little cancel button in there. And it really does make a difference. If not, we're going to make ourselves crazy, especially as entrepreneurs. And I know a lot of your listeners are entrepreneurs. Everybody is you know, self-employed, self-driven, and we go through those ups and downs in those waves. And so having yeah. that ability to self-navigate in, in the heat of a moment or in a panic moment or an uncertain moment to say, cancel and just stop and reflect. What have I already succeeded in? Where has those tools always come right when I needed them? A lot of times what we need comes right when we need it. Not a minute before and not too late. And remembering that next time is going to be no different that that tool I need, it'll be there and it's going to be okay. Yeah, faith. Yes. Okay, so let's segue. Let's go to the American Dream show. Okay. Where'd that come from? So about four and a half, five years ago, I got a phone call. One of my colleagues I had worked with with another lender that said, Scruggs, I need you to meet somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And when you make good relationships and you have good rapport with people, you don't question that. You just go, okay. You show up. You just show up. You don't, he goes, I don't even know why. And I did. He goes, you, you guys are supposed to work together. Don't even know why or how, but this is supposed to happen. And three months later, I was sitting in, in the driver's seat and started hosting the American Dream TV, along with other shows that they had at the time, Operation American Dream and Lifestyle San Diego. And it was a wonderful connection that um, I was placed in into that seat and trained to do that. It was a different skill set than what I had done before, even as a performer, doing radio and, and performing, sitting in the seat of interviewing other professionals is a whole different ball game. And there was a lot of learning curves there for me real quick. And also 
a lot of, I want to say, intelligence that I was able to do on what human nature is when the camera comes on and what natural communication skills and even the most polished, amazing, wonderful professionals still get nervous being on camera. And so I would find myself helping coach them and calm them and advise them right in the moment so we could pull the best out of them for each interview. And for the last four and a half years, I've had the privilege of being able to do that and really meet some incredible professionals, but also learn a lot about what works and what doesn't work and getting somebody to deliver their best message and be their best self. So one of the things that I've taken from you over our time together prior to this is that you're a really good listener. Have you always been a good listener or is that a skill that has grown as your career's matured? I think that's a skill that has definitely grown because I'm highly ADHD. So it's not naturally in me. I, I, I didn't wake up and wasn't born as a good listener, I think getting getting my rear end kicked enough times of realizing that there were consequences for the times I wasn't a good listener. And it has been an evolution as I've realized, stop and listen, really focus and listening, not just to people's words, but their body language, the underlying message, what's taking place. Sometimes you can just feel it in somebody's shoulders or their facial expressions, what's really going on. So the act of listening, that means it's the whole message, the whole person going on has been something that has definitely evolved over the years. And I truly enjoy helping others become aware of and advance in. And it's really fun when, when you grasp it and you start doing it, listening is the most effective form of communication. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's a really good point for everybody listening. Like, just listen, you know, <laughs> start there. So that show has grown quite a bit and is syndicated in a lot of places at this point, right? It has. The, the founder of the show has done an incredible job, built it into over 50 cities in the U.S. It's on Travel Channel, CNBC, Bloomberg, a lot of major networks in different cities. Like I host the one for CBS um, in Arizona. It's on ABC in some cities. So it depends on the city and the platform and, and where they've got it. But it is all over the place as well as Amazon Prime and the other streaming networks. And, and it's been really awesome to see um, to see that show grow. And what's fun about it is that all of the what they call the partners are all amazing real estate agents from around the country. They're real estate and mortgage partners that are sharing their community, sharing their clients, sharing their listings, sharing their favorite restaurant, sharing their favorite activity, their favorite nonprofit. So you really get to see a feel of what's going on in these cities. If you watch and, and see the different partners and, and see that they're just real people doing the show, not actors. As a host, I just get to kind of segue and introduce everybody and bring it to that next section and make sure that it all bookends and ties in together. But really that the stars of the show are all of the amazing real estate professionals that are stepping out of their comfort zone and bringing themselves out there in a new way. I love that. Is that show what has led you to what you're focused on now with your media coaching and like really helping people be comfortable on camera and leverage video to promote their business? Yes. I believe that the, the four and a half years sitting in that seat really opened my eyes to the need. I, there was a, there was a need there for amazing professionals that are already successful, but maybe need to know how to interview better on a podcast, just like this. How do you really know what you want your message to be so you don't ramble on? How do you find yourself coming alive on camera? 
sometimes it's just in their own cell phone marketing or their videos that they're putting on social media that maybe could just use a little bit more polishing and a little bit more facelift and getting their comfort in there to really reveal their best selves or the message that they're trying to send. Again, it's not a message if it's not received. And a lot of messages are getting missed because they're just not put out there correctly. And so sitting in that seat allowed me to, to really absorb so many needs that I saw were there and then piecing together how to fill in those gaps and then having success in it as I started working with clients privately, which put together really my teaching module of like, okay, this is what works. These are, these are tools and tips that have come to me from all my years performing, all my years doing radio and now the years in TV and working so closely with a lot of real estate professionals and other industry professionals as well. That was the reason that I put the book together and said, okay, there's, there's value here. And people can can take on some of these tips, things that I may take for granted because I do it all the time. That might be a game changer for somebody else. And my favorite thing when a client says, I got more business last week because of the tips you taught me. I'm more confident now. I communicated better with the client and saved the deal. There are things that are taking place where you see it's actually impacting their business and their growth because of effective communication or confidence. I love that. So did the book come first or your coaching and course come first? The coaching came first. I've been okay, coaching so, for a couple of years. <laughs> so the coaching came first and then the book was a byproduct of that. Yes. And then by default, that book has evolved into you actually offering a course on how to do what you talk about in the book, right? It really did just evolve. It was it was wonderful stories in the coaching that said, wow, I have a lot of my client stories in the book. Some are unnamed, some are named. I asked their permission, which was really fun to share their success stories. And then realizing, well, not everybody might want to take the time to read the book and not everybody wants to take the time to do live coaching with me or workshops. So I put into a recorded course and went into the studio and said, here you go. Here's, here's all the nuggets. Here's basically what's in the book. If you really want to do the work in a self-guided way, I've got their course available for people to just download and have and, and enjoy that at their leisure. But then I also, yes, offer team workshops. Individual coaching is where you get the most intense. If I'm working with you one-on-one, we're going there and we're doing some good work and you're going to be unrecognizable when we're done. And you're going to be ready for CNN if that's where you want to go and start sharing your message. And so it's really fun to see, well, it's so personalized. Everybody's needs are different. Some people are already way extroverted, ready. They just need some polishing. And some professionals I work with are extremely introverted and are like, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to be on camera. I'm never going to speak in front of people. And I'm like, just watch, I'm going to get you there. And you're going to do a great job. Just trust me. So it really depends on the special needs that they have. But the book covers a lot of it in a, in a good overview. And so does the recorded course. I love that. That's great. So if you can give somebody listening a gift, something to, that you want to pay forward and share, both uh, for personal development or professional development or a hybrid of both, because ultimately they go together, what is the one thing that you could share with somebody? Well, the first thing I would share, and this is a simple one, so I will not make this my, my big thing, but please clean your lens. <laughs> the time to clean your lens. People are, you're, you're taking pictures, you're taking videos and they're all blurry. Clean the lens front and back, make it a practice, clean the lens on your camera before you go onto a podcast like this, or you do an interview, clean the lens, please. I love that. It, it can really help. Also frame yourself. Just double check, right. go in and do a test run and see, am I framed properly? Are you looking yeah. at the know what's thing? happening? Know what's happening behind and in front. And are we looking, you know, up? Are we looking down? Sit up straight. Do those things that you know the same way. My my biggest advice is when you present yourself in front of any camera 
whether you're just in a virtual Zoom meeting, whether you're doing a podcast, whether you're on a TV interview, or whether you're even just in a one-on-one meeting with your client, but you're doing it through video screen. Show up the same way you would in person. Use the same behaviors. You wouldn't walk into a personal meeting still tucking in your shirt or bending over or climbing under the desk once you sit down. You wouldn't lay down in the chair. You wouldn't face the ceiling. Do things the same way you would in person. Treat it with the same respect, the same energy. Light up your eyes, light up your face, be engaged. Look in the camera and let that person know that I am right here with you. I'm right here with you. And there's ways that you can do that just from the way that you hold yourself. And it's going to make the other people on the other side really feel like you care and that you are interested and engaged in what's going on. Amy, that's awesome. All incredible tips. I'll stop hiding underneath my desk, I guess. Please stop hiding under your desk. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We want to see you. (laughs) Somebody who is afraid of video, deathly afraid of video. Give them one thing to get out of their own way. Remember that it is still the same face you take everywhere. You may be afraid of being on camera, but you still take this face out with clients and to the store and with your family. So this is your face. So first, we just have to embrace it. And if there's things you don't like, because the first question I always get asked, the first thing everybody says to me is, is this what I sound like? And is this what I look like? And the answer is yes, you do. So if this is something you want to adjust, start working more on your smile. Start working on your posture. Start working on the things that are going to help you feel better about yourself because it's the only self you have, like it or not. This is, if you're in sales and you're out there presenting yourself, you're presenting them yourself without a camera. It is right. no different. Right. So present yourself the same way and realize the camera is just the eyeballs on the other side. It's no different than a human being looking at you. It's just that the, the psychology of, oh, but I see it back doesn't matter. We're out there in the world every day and everybody's looking at us. You're just not seeing it back on replay. Right. Start getting used to the fact that this is what you put out there. And if you don't like it, make those adjustments. Ask a loved one for their advice and their opinion, a trusted friend, a mentor. Hey, how does this look? What do you think? Or get a coach. And that's where I can come in and say, here, I can really help you. But it's not necessary if you've got good people and you really think you could step it up. But you've got to do it because this digital world, these cameras are not going anywhere. It's not going to go backwards. Yep. 100%. Everything is on video. Our meetings are on video and it's time to get used to it. It's time to get comfortable with it. Amy, this has been fun. Where can people find you? It's the best Amy, way to get a hold of you. AmyScruggsMedia.com. It is all there. Trust me. Everything is there. You can reach me through there. You can schedule a consultation. You can send an email. The links are there for the book on, on the retailers. It's on all major retailers. You can get the ebook now, the physical book in stores worldwide in October. There's going to be a teaser for the music coming up soon as I've got a new album release coming up as well, but it's all there on AmyScruggsMedia.com. Just Google Amy Scruggs. I am hard to miss. <laughs> I love that. Amy, thank you so much. It's been a privilege. Raymond, it was such a treat to be with you today. Thank you for all the great message and work you are doing to help real estate professionals. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.